What's good, what's good, what's good, man? It's your boy, Prevail DMC. Uh, I'm the host of The Voice of Reason. It's my man. It's your boy, Mike J, the co-host. And, of course, we got... We got Mick Collins. We got Rocky Collins in the building with us today, man. And um, first of all, we want to say thank you to everybody who uh, been welcoming us back, um, been yeah, asking where we've been. Uh, mm-hmm. We had to do something between, you know, two brothers that were just doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the voice of reason. Now we came back with the voice of reason for a reason. Mm-hmm. We had to understand that we was here for a reason. And um, we, we had limitations on the first show. So we had to pull back. Because we were only doing it like one way. Now the show is open. It's an open platform for pretty much anybody. You know what I mean? We, got, we actually have a young girl coming in here who started her own hairline and different things like that. It's like, it's a different voice. We're the voice of reason for a reason. So we got to do it all for everybody and not just be so one-dimensional. So we took time out, me and Mike J. We thought about it. We, re, we reprogram. It's like we deprogrammed and reprogrammed the whole show and how it should go down. So now our first guest back in the building is Mr. Rocky Collins, man. He's been doing this thing for a long time. Rock, let's, let us know a little bit about yourself today, man. Um, I am from Camden, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Penn State University. From there... I lived pretty much in a lot of different places. I lived all over New York. Lived in Pittsburgh for a brief four months. That felt like four years. Um, And now I'm in L.A. um, And I'm just out there, you know, trying to build my career and do my thing as an actor and a producer, content creator. Um, All of that good stuff, man. Okay. So, uh, so we also saw, so on your bio, I saw that you uh, started a production company, yeah, and you did different different shows as far as uh, theater, and you did a couple uh, small movies, yeah. So, get, can you elaborate on those movies that you that you played part in? Yeah, so um, I did a few roles in a few different like independent films, feature films. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly when I was in New York, I did a lot of kind of those sorts of things mm-hmm. um, and then in LA it's become more of like TV work but like smaller mm-hmm. roles if you will Right. Uh, we call them like under five like if you have like a real small part that's not like super big Okay. Um, I had a few of those and then I also did my first stage play in LA as well nice. uh, Rabbit Hole back in 2017 okay. it's 2019 now mm-hmm. yeah so then I did my first stage play in LA as well which was cool Okay. Um, definitely a different beast doing like a live performance as opposed to something that's on camera. So that's for sure. But that was fun. Okay. Um, and then a production company, it really just came from me not wanting to wait for somebody to give me an opportunity, but instead wanting to create my own opportunities. Okay. Uh, so that's what kind of sparked the whole idea behind creating my own production company, connected with one of my fraternity brothers. Shout out to Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Um, yeah, man. And now we kind of work with different writers uh, and different directors to kind of develop projects um, and get them shot. And then we package them to sell them for distribution, whether that's for like a streamer, like a Netflix or Hulu, okay. or sell them to um, someone like ABC or CBS would be great if they can pick it up on network television. Um, Do you got any, anything in the works right, right now that, that could possibly be coming out soon? We have things in the works, but nothing that's actually being shot yet because we're at like the financing stage. Okay. Um, so that's why I just kind of like, it's kind of like hard to really uh, say which project will come out first because it all really depends on financing at this point. But we do have a few things. We have um, a feature film that's in the works. We have an hour long drama that's in the works. We have a half hour multi-cam comedy that's in the works. Um but again, at this point, we're just kind of looking for uh, financing partners and backing and, and things like that. Okay. Um, it's, it's really like a weird thing because it can take... It, timing is so different depending on the project, right? Okay. Like some projects, like from the moment you have the idea to the moment like it's actually on the screen could be really quick. It can almost be like six months. But then some things can take you like two years or three years to kind of like get shot and get onto screen. It just really, it's kind of like a timing game. It's kind of like a money game. Right. Um, it's kind of like all of that good stuff. But it's cool. It's fun. I love it. Uh, and you just never know which opportunity is going to be the one that 
changes everything. You never know which meeting is going to be the one that like changes everything for you. So now going back to um, public, like uh, when you went to school, you went for school for public relations and stuff like that. So what made yeah. you actually want to go into acting? Like what what steered that so up for my you? My journey to acting was so. <clears throat> Like you said, at Penn State, I majored in marketing and public relations. Mm-hmm. And what I really thought I wanted to do, I thought I was going to be like Terrence J., okay. uh, the host of 106 and Park, right. who then became um, a host of E! News. So I thought I was going to be like Terrence J. Um, so I was doing uh, the student-run television network there, PSN TV. I was doing like on-air stuff mm-hmm. with them. But what it really was was like, yo, I'm just I'm delivering news to people. Like I'm really not helping people escape. I'm not helping them feel anything. Like I'm not. I I, I just kind of felt like I was just regurgitating information. Like I I couldn't really do anything about it. Like I couldn't have any influence or impact on what was actually happening. All okay. I was doing was talking about it. Right. With my personality. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to do more. Like I wanted to affect people more. I wanted to you know give people more of like an escape you know no matter what you're going through in life like if you watch a program that i'm in like my goal is to have you forget about your life for the half hour that you're watching me or the two hours that you watch a film that i'm in right um but i felt like on the news like you don't really forget about your life you're reminded of it like i'm reminded of what's happening out there like it's Mm -hmm. not giving me an escape uh so that kind of led me to wanting to get more into acting but i'm also somebody who's like I respect it. I've always respected it as a craft, so I never just wanted to be like, oh, I'm just going to act now. So for me, I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, I need to get into an acting program. I need to train, and I need to study the craft, which I did in New York City. I studied Mm -hmm. at the William Esper Studio in New York City. Um, It's like the place where Regina Hall was there, too, Um, Sam Rockwell, a couple big people. Um, And then, like, once I started, like, really studying it and training and the craft of acting i just really fell in love with it and was like yo like i don't want to do nothing else like this is what i want to do um and i'm glad i love it um because it also is a vessel for me to kind of touch people and change people and and again give people that escape from the world which i think is absolutely necessary uh with the stuff that people deal with today so so you said you formed your own production company yeah dapper house productions dhp okay you have a whole team and everything moving with you in the production? Um, right now, it's just me and my business partner who are who we're both 50-50 partners in a venture. That's what's up. Um, yeah, uh, his name is Xavier Byers. He actually works at Warner Brothers Studios. Nice. Um, yeah, so right now, it's just kind of us. And again, like we work with writers and directors and other creators. But in terms of like the in-house solid team that's i guess you could say employed by the production company it's just it's, it's x and myself right and, now so i was um i just went over your page the other day i was just looking at your page did was that you was in a commercial like recently um like there was probably. it looked like you was in some type of commercial that looked real major that i seen you like you was wearing like a little black joint looked like you was oh yeah yeah, yeah that was dave and busters you did a dave and busters commercial yeah or? i did i did a dave and busters nice, commercial nice. um yeah, it was like right around the time when like the Rocks movie had came out that I forget which one it was. You know he do like fifty movies a year. I know. But I was just looking at it, I was like, yo, I, I was just looking through your page and I was yeah. like, he's really making some major moves. Yeah, like you no, know, the like, David Buster's draw. It was big. That was a big deal for me too, because that was one of the biggest uh campaigns that I had that's done. Um it's it's funny though, cause oh man, that was a learning experience for sure because on one hand, that was the biggest campaign I had ever done. So it was great, right? David Busters, yeah. But then also, like, there were some behind-the-scenes things that kind of happened in terms of, like, contracts and stuff, which also uh, kind of made it not one of, like, the more challenging, but it definitely was one of the biggest lessons learned points in my career. I had to, you know, pretty much get rid of my whole team at the time. Like, I let go of, like, my manager. I let go of both of my agents after that. I pretty much lost out on damn near... 23 grand like $23,000 just from like you know deals going wrong and in the paperwork not being all the way correct and these are things that like I had no idea about you know what I mean and I fancy myself to be a pretty you know intelligent person like I majored in business I read all my contracts but at the same time like the industry is just a different beast and it's like if you don't know certain things like you will really get got and unfortunately the only way to really know them 
unless you have like a mentor that's willing to invest in you mentally right um the only way to kind of learn is by like being burned and going through it and yeah with that Dave and Buster's commercial like it was great shout out to Dave and Buster's and it had nothing to do with them but mm -hmm. from that whole ordeal I definitely got burned in the situation mm. that was nutty yeah, that's another situation for you. So, though it looked so big on the, uh, it looked big on your uh, Facebook page, but it really wasn't as yeah. big as it seemed. Uh. That's the thing. No, like I want to be clear. Like it definitely was huge for me, and it's still like a big thing. Right. But it's just like for me, I can't think about. I can't only think about like the good parts about it. Like I also every time I see like the commercial or whatever, I'm like, oh yay! But then like in a half a second, I go back to thinking about. Damn, I remember when that man burned me on the contract. Or I remember when them two agents didn't X, Y, and Z. So you know what I mean? Like, so it's definitely a big deal that I'm grateful for, and I'm so glad I did it. But it also, like, God definitely put in a little lesson on the back end. Most of that definitely. Too. I'm <laughs> so learning experience, like, so that you won't go through that ever again. Yeah. Oh, oh, trust me, <laughs> that is not happening again. That is not happening again. So, how's your experience? You know, like, based on you moving from New York to LA did it change the game for you a lot you know because people always say you know it's more opportunity in LA than it is in New York was there a change for you when you shifted to LA like was it more doors yeah. that opened for you like yeah I would say how would you encourage people that uh because there's a lot of people that's probably listening right now that always feel like LA LA big dreams big dreams yeah. like would you encourage them like look it's gonna hurt that pocket or or it's more out there like what could you tell people that yeah. feel like they want to move to LA but you know they well like, first they gonna off, need some roommates like yeah whatever. well first off I would say you don't have to like, you don't have to move to L.A. to be an actor, to be a successful actor. One of my good friends, Carter Redwood, is probably one of the most successful up-and-coming young actors that I know that are all kind of weird in that same landscape of um, on our come-up or whatever. And he's based in New York. Okay. So, like, the first thing I would say is, like, you don't necessarily have to be in L.A. Okay. I personally made the choice to be in L.A. because that's just where I wanted to be. And there's also, like, the simple economics of more products are being shot in LA. So it's like a lot of the work or majority of the work in the industry is happening in LA because that's where the studios are mm -hmm. and that's where the filming lots and things are. But with that being said, like there's also so many things that are being shot in New York and Atlanta, like in New Orleans, there's so many things being shot in, in other locations now where if the industry was at the point that it was at today, back in 2016 when I moved, like I don't know if I would have been super gung-ho moving to L.A. Huh. As soon as I did, I probably right. would have flexed in New York a little bit. Um, but again, like when I left New York, it was maybe like 10 shows shooting in New York at the time versus like the goddamn 200 in L.A. Right. Now it's damn near 100 shows probably shooting in New York City. So you don't necessarily... Like there's there's opportunities there too right um so i would say for one just you don't have to move to la to be successful as a creative so know that um also just be prepared when it comes to like the whole money thing for me new york is expensive so if you can live in new york you can live anywhere like the cost of living is the cost of living in new york is so retardedly high i don't want to use that word i take that back but right. it is so crazy high it's just insane so moving to la i honestly feel like the cost of living is a little cheaper yeah, and some people wouldn't even think like that because la it always seems like it's so much more expensive to live out in la than it is uh it's cheaper is the housing like the even just specifically talking about like rent prices and the space that you get is is definitely cheaper in la like you definitely pay Less money and get a lot more space in L.A. versus if you lived in New York. Um, but, I mean, if anybody is wanting to make that move, just prepare. You just got to, like, prepare yourself. Uh, prepare yourself financially. Prepare yourself to be able to um, hold yourself over until you find, like, a job. Even, like, finding a little, like, side hustle, survival jobs or whatever, if you will. Like, those things are not always the most uh, accessible to find. It's not like you're going to land in LA today and like, oh, I'm going to have a part-time job tomorrow. Like, no, you still have to give yourself time to find 
a part-time job and to interview and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That's right. cool. So what would you say is, is next for, you know, your resume and your bio? Like, what are you trying to do right now? Um, I think it's going to be one hell of a pilot season for me, which is coming up. Pilot season is pretty much from, like, January to March, where... All the networks are like looking into like these new shows and what they want to do for like the 2019, 2020 like broadcast season. So there's so many like projects being shot in LA between January and March. So like if there's any one time of year where like the bulk of opportunities will be out there, it's during pilot season. Okay. And that's happening as soon as I get back to LA. And it's crazy. Me and my agent just had a conversation. Both of them had conversations uh, last week and they pretty much was telling me like, yo, like, enjoy your time when you're home because right. you know you only got like two more weeks of freedom before you come back and things get crazy right um so what's next i would say is going to be a very very busy spring um god willing it'll be a very very busy busy spring mm-hmm. uh and i'm super excited for that um it, you just never know the life of an actor you just never know you can audition as much as possible you can shoot things as much as possible but you you never really know what things are going to get picked up, what roles you're going to get. Um, and if sometimes things get picked up and then they don't ever get shown the light of day, somebody will buy it and then choose to not air it or whatever. Or you'll shoot your role and your part and then when you see the final product, like they just cut your character out altogether. So you, it's, it's really hard to say mm-hmm. when's the next project because I don't have anything that's like in post-production now that it's like going to be on screen. So other than that, like... It'll just be a busy, busy, busy back to the grind of like auditioning, um, and then also shooting my own shit. And they, and they find company. they, they <laughs> find they find most of that for you, or my yeah yeah yeah. So and it's also people do it different ways. Like at, when I first was starting out as an actor, I didn't have an agent, so I was like self submitting myself. Like I would go on sites like um, Actors Access, um, LA Casting, and on those sites you can kind of. Uh, you'll see like some breakdowns for like roles and things that people are looking for. You can kind of self-submit, like submit your headshot and sub to them. You're real if you have them. Um, but even with that, there's a lot of stuff on there, but there's not going to be everything on there. Right. Like a lot of like the major projects, like they only send out to like the agencies. Um, so like you couldn't see it if you don't have an agent. Um, but now I'm at a point now where I do have, agents and they they go hard so like yeah those guys like they find the opportunities um shout out to international idols agency they like find the opportunities and they'll just like send them over to me like hey here's the the sides here's the script you have an audition tomorrow 2 30 p.m or i need you to go on tape and do this taped audition um is due by tomorrow night or they might hit you with like two days ago where it was like yo there's this, uh, you need to do this audition tape, but it's doing like three hours. So then I'm like, scared. I'm like oh my God, I'm like in Jersey. And right. I don't have my equipment. Like, I don't, blah, blah, blah. But you know, you figure a way to, to work it out. So my question with your agents, like, cause a lot of people ask those questions. Did you, did you have to literally put out a lot of money out of your pocket to get an agent or did you get picked up through basically submitting? Yeah, you know, no, like you definitely should not be paying see? anybody to represent you. Like that is like the biggest thing that I see people fall into. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Your reps don't get paid until you get paid. Nice. That's Your reps know. do not get paid until you get paid. You should never pay anybody to represent you. That's just not how it works. Nice. That's not how it works now, at all. I was actually because a lot of uh, a lot of times when um, I was submitting stuff for a film, they would say uh, this is the price to submit or this is it costs this. So now with that is a little bit different because some of those breakdown services, like I mentioned before, like Actors Access, you do have to pay to have access to like their platforms. Um, so that's a little bit different. Yeah, you uh, there are you sites. You can pay to submit, but you shouldn't have to pay to have an agent. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to use a, a casting breakdown site, like, yeah, you will have to pay a subscription price to even see, like, what's out there, and then you can submit. But once somebody, like, comes on board and wants to represent you or whatever, like, you don't pay. They don't get paid until you get paid. That's part of the gamble that they take in representing you, which is why, you know, they kind of want to see you real and they want to see the goods, see what you bring to the table right. um, before they choose to, like, rep you. Um, but, yeah, you definitely should not 
should not pay uh, a rep, not even a retainer fee. I've heard that before too, where some managers might try to get like young people right. that are green and don't know any better, and they're like, "Oh, just pay me a retainer fee of like one fifty because I'm doing so much work for you." And it's like, "Bro, that's not how it works. Like that's you're doing your job, right? Like right. that's and you get paid when I get paid." So, so. it's like basically, they basically I'm like a union rep. They, mm. they they have to do their job before they get paid. Yeah. Basically. Basically. Essentially, that's how it works, basically. yeah. Basically. Well, we're getting ready to get into this one song by my man Authentic called Straighten It Out. Check it out. We'll be right back. You already know what's up Perpetrator on the scene Roll jangle Every angle New illusion For the teens They sell another dream Replication of a movie The mic close to me Verbal automatic Uzi Step in the arena Welcome to the jungle Rhymes uncut So pure I got a bundle Smooth so CL Hustling the retail Product on the move I got a message On the detail It ain't hard to tell I, I excel Then prevail Then the mic contact That I attract clientele I'm always on the move Through the city Like a hell Only by the grace of God I'm not sitting in a cell Word up This is Beyonce. This is Justin Timberlake. Hey, this is Avril This is Gwen from No Doubt. Hi, this is Usher, and you're listening to TSNJ Radio. Yeah, so we're back again. As we said earlier, we had to uh, switch up the platform and bring it back. We got a lot of different people we bring into the show this time around from all different aspects and all different walks of life. We we had to change the whole situation. I feel like we in a sense, man, we was like blocking a lot of people we out. Was, we and we started out. getting a lot of riff from people like, well why can't I be on the show? Right. We, we was kinda making the show like kinda on a sense kinda religious. Real religious. It yeah. was it was cause we was like we, we had godly content. You couldn't right. come on unless you had something positive to say and stuff like that. So we was like, let's change it up. Change you know it what up. I mean? Bring yeah. everybody in. That's why we wanted you to come in and talk to us about this. We're gonna have other people come in and talk to us about some different things. We had to open up the floor to do some different things. And I feel like this time around in this season, we're gonna get embraced more by the show by by bringing in a whole bunch of different diverse situations, yeah. you know what I mean? So but I think it's still all positive. Oh, it's still positive. It's still all positive. We still don't want a whole bunch of cussing in Definitely here, and you can't do this and that. But we just want to bring in all walks of life in this situation. Like my man on the barbershop, I want to talk about his struggle and how he came up. Everybody that's coming up, we're gonna bring them in here and we're gonna talk because we're the voice of reason for a reason. So you said you had some questions. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. man. That's Thank y'all for having me here too, man. This we appreciate problem. you, man. So Rocky, so so in LA, you when you went to LA, you got on um, the Diddy's sh- Diddy's um, show with yeah, the Volt, right? The Volt Live, yeah. So how how was that experience in would you do that again? Like, what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, that experience was, it was great. That was my first time on a network that huge, even on a show that huge, on a platform that huge. Um, and shout out to Courtney Neal. She's the executive producer at Revolt right now. She's one of my closest friends. We went to Penn State together. Uh, and she was able to kind of connect me with that opportunity. But that was lit. It also was kind of, a crash course into live TV. Um, okay. Cause I had done things in college, but it was never like live. We would shoot shows, they chop it up, and then they would air it. That was like live, and you know, there's no take two, there's none right. of that. Okay. And it's on revolt, so it was like everybody is watching this. Right. It's playing in the office. Diddy's gonna see this. Right. Like, it was just it. It was the stakes were just higher, but it was fun, man. I would say at first it was. It was definitely nerve wracking, and I had to come out of my shell. Um, at some like, at first I was I was still me, but you know what I mean. I was still kind of like anxious, nervous, whatever. 
but at some point it just becomes so normal you kind of just like get out of your head about it and things like that but it was cool i mean we shot monday through friday so we shot the show every day um but it also was fun it was something that i was so excited about going to like it didn't feel like work it didn't feel like I mean, that's what I was about to ask you like how right. did the atmosphere feel it didn't feel like work it honestly was like yo like I knew to call time I would come to the um, uh, come t- to the studio get the breakdown from the producers about like what topics we would be talking about that day uh, what new music we wanted to debate uh, what guests we had there or whatever and it was cool all the guests were chill you'd be walking down the hall like, Look, I, oh, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to actually see the show so I don't know what the show was about like yeah. kind of can you tell me a little yeah, bit yeah, like, yeah. What, what was it so the show was called Revolt Live and it was a 30 minute talk show um, that talks about everything pop culture essentially okay. like we talked about like fashion music of course okay. um, whatever was happening in like celebrity news um, okay. and then also you know we pretty much had a guest on every day like okay, a nice. artist or whatever actor whatever we had a guest on every day and we talked to them a lot chopped it up um, but it was really like a really fun 30 minute talk show um, just discussing pop culture and what's going on uh, and it wasn't just like two hosts talking to you that's how you normally see shows where it's just like two hosts and they're discussing everything that's going on like now nah, we had like a squad up there nice. um it was a squad, like, it was one, yeah, it was actually literally called the squad, <laughs> like, we had the two main hosts, uh, it was like, or we had four main hosts, actually, because we did it between LA and New York, like, we would shoot the shows, uh, but, like, based in two studios at the same time, I don't know how they pulled that off, but we did it every day. Wow. And so that was in, like, one of Diddy Studios? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the Revolt Studio in LA, yeah, we shot it out of Revolt Studio. Did you studio ever run into other people, like... Not like no Joe Buttons or nothing like that, did you? Like, in that building? I mean, yeah, he was there. So, in L.A., like, the studio is different from the offices. But, yeah, they all came to the to the studio. I've never seen Diddy personally myself I mean, at the studio. Big, yeah, he's a big guy. <laughs> but, I mean, right. like, I've seen, like, Andre Harrell and, and some of those guys. And you mentioned Joe Button, Like, yeah, of course, seen him. So, it was just, like, bit. that type of atmosphere. Yeah, it was that type of atmosphere. And it really is like, yo, these people are just people. You know what I mean? Like, right. your biggest celebrity person that you like admire look up to rock out with like they really just people like us at the end of the day so right. just like i walked in here like i would just walk in there and they might be sitting there chopping it up we'll just sit down talk about whatever you know what i mean like we'll just be kicking it and be cool right. be real chill um but not nah, it, it was definitely a good time i mean it, it was a big learning experience too just because like when you work for a network and you're on their show, there's just different things you got to be conscious of. Like you have to be conscious of like who their sponsors are and their relationships and all of those sorts of things. So it was a big learning experience in that. Like you can definitely be yourself and speak your opinion, but you don't want to bash Coca-Cola if Coca-Cola is like the biggest sponsor for your show. You right, know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. So it was like those sorts of like learning things. And, and thankfully, like I was cool, but I've definitely seen like people learn the hard way. Um, but nah, it was fun. It was a, it was a really dope show. It also was my first time uh, dealing with like public opinion on such a big way. And what I mean by that is like people on Twitter all the time like talking to. They'll, it would be fun. Like they would be tweeting back and forth about like the things that we say. But like the moment you have an opinion that people don't like on Twitter, like they will go in. You know what I mean? Right. So that was my first time really dealing with that. I'm just like looking at my phone like, why am I getting all these pings like? Oh dang! Like yo, like I mean, you could disagree, but like dang, that's right. how you feel, right? Harsh, right, huh? right? Yeah, sometimes it'd be crazy. You'd be like, yo, um, and then also the the part that I don't like sometimes too about being on uh, like live TV in terms of like a talk show thing is like sometimes you have to uh, voice an opinion that's not necessarily yours, mm. oh, which okay. I don't think people like fully know, like. Shows are produced, like every show is produced and the producers want to make good content. So if they want to have a debate about a certain topic or whatever and y'all two are the ones talking about it, y'all could both have the same opinion, but the producer might be like, yo, you're going to not like it. You're going to not like it. Okay, ready, set, action. You like it or you don't like it. Go. You know what I mean? Wow. So <laughs> that's, that's crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. So wow. That that was also kind of like a learning experience, and 
in speaking to like the public backlash sometimes like it's one thing to get backlash and that's already crazy enough but when you get it for an opinion that's not even yours and you're just like damn it like i did that because the producer said i had to right now i'm getting drugged through black twitter about you know what i mean right so it was like a learning experience with those things too but like to this day that's probably the funnest job i've ever had that probably was like the best project i've ever worked on to this day to this point like that i would do that show like 50 times over for sure and what was the name of it again revolt live revolt live on the Diddy network on revolt tv so what what got the show pulled like it was just it wasn't pulled it just the season was over y'all not Um, going back or the season was over um and there was talks about like when we would come back after the hiatus but it was like right around the time the election time happened so then you know resources were just pulled in a different direction uh with like different shows it was like a more politically based show that was coming out um so and then after that politics. like who knows like i listen every time i see them i'm like yo what's that like we need to get our whole live back on right and i mean i kind of actually just really stopped thinking about like why it didn't come back i mean it would be great if it does um but i still have shot like other projects with them um I still have done like other projects with so that's like mostly now when I work with Revolt, it's like some one-off projects or some show that they want me to come in and, and be on or whatever. Um, but if Revolt Live comes back, I would gladly. But I mean, Revolt Live—that's crazy because that's the Diddy Network. When you're mm-hmm. really thinking about that, like that's just a privilege. But I wanted to ask a question because, see, I don't know. I'm not sh- sure the difference between like acting and you know doing talk shows like mm-hmm. did you get credit like the way you get actor credit from mm-hmm. like television you get the same type of credits yeah um, you still get like an imdb credit um like your name is like in the actual credits from like the show and stuff like that yeah like okay. in terms of like credit and stuff like all of that stuff is pretty much the same it's the same yeah. even with tv yeah oh, okay i was just i was just curious to know you know is it, you have any more questions to ask um, did you want to um the life of a fraternity, like for, like, mm. like, what made you pledge uh, Kappa Phi? What, what is, what is Kappa it? Alpha Psi? Kappa Alpha Psi. Yeah. And I say that wrong. Kappa Alpha Psi. <laughs> yeah, don't get that wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so and our founders, they were yesterday. So right. Kip, right. Kip, I'm glad you fixed that. But yeah, so what, ma- what made you pledge that and how do you like the brotherhood, like the bond? Yeah. Like how does that? Uh, I mean, for me, I always felt like you are who you surround yourself with to a degree mm-hmm. um and i always was like interested in fraternity life just in general it's just something about like the brotherhood and also just seeing how they kind of just like go hard for one another um and then also like i grew up around my dad's friends who were in fraternities and those guys were just bossed dudes like they just the way they carried themselves was just so bossy and like the way that they're arrested like their brothers were in that when i seen their frat brothers i'm like yo like when I grow up, I want to be like them. You know what I mean? Right. So I kind of always had it in my mind that I wanted to join a frat. And then for me, it's like, <clears throat> when I got to Penn State, just like, yo, the noops on the yard, the brothers of Kappa Alpha Psi, like, they was really them bulls. Like, they was really doing major things, like, the things that I cared about. Not even just, like, with the partying, but, like, they were presidents of organizations they were like in student government leadership roles nice. right, it was, right. i mean this is at penn state where there's forty-four thousand kids and only four percent are black wow. and when i had got there two of the previous like three homecoming kings were members of cap alpha psi i'm like so these dudes were prominent members of campus life and they were right. doing such big things so i'm like yo like i want to be a part of that like i want to continue that legacy and i want to grow and i want to develop and these are the dudes that i want to mentor me and help me grow in that way um and it's great i mean it's definitely one of the best decisions i've made in my younger life for sure definitely one of the greater decisions i made being an undergrad uh, I mean, the pledging process, like, it is what it is. Like I, I, I wanted to know about that. Is it like what they be showing on TV and all of that, like, the join? Do they put you through it like that? Create, you know, some Sometimes. Stuff? I mean, it depends on what show you're talking about. Or I mean, did you product. have to go through something crazy to get in? I mean, there's... Hazing is real. Like, it's, it's just a thing. It is <laughs> right, what it is. Right. Like, hazing <laughs> is a thing. Like, it happens. 
Um, they don't get too out of hand with it, though, but it, it just happens, right? I mean, I'm not going to speak on it. I'm just going to say Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I ain't going to talk about that. Look. For the record, Cap Oversize and non-hazing fraternity has tried for achievement. <laughs> but all the other ones, they probably, you know what I mean? Nah, but it was cool. I mean, I was... Once you're in it, though, like, I mean, I, it's great. Like, I, I love my brother. How's the Brotherhood Network in there? Is official? Like, Yo, it's a- real. That, like, the networking of fraternity and sorority life, like, that stuff is real. It's like another form of nepotism where people just get people in because they're family or whatever. Right. When it comes to fraternity life, it's literally that real. It's, it's almost kind of like the same thing. And even when I think about it now, like, I guess it's probably the same to me. Like, if a... A young, if I had five applicants for a position at the production company and one of them was a member of my fraternity, he's getting the job. Like, that's just how it's going to be. Right. And it's not even just like handing somebody something, but it's like we have a shared experience because I know what he went through to get into that organization. So I know what his determination and work ethic is like. Right. Just based on the, if you went through what I went through to get in here, I already know the type of dude you are. So, like, I will rock out with you a hundred times over. You know what I mean? Right, right. So that's where that whole, like, networking thing really comes into handy. And it's, yo, I, I can't even count on my hands how many times, like, a fraternity brother, or me being in Cap Alpha Psi, has, like, single-handedly shift the momentum of my career in such an impactful way. Nice. Like, it, it happens. It's real. Um, and then even just, like, the brotherhood is lit. Like, some of my best friends are noobs, like... And I can go wherever. I can literally go wherever, whatever state, whatever country. And even if I don't know nobody there, I just reach out to the network. Like, yo, bros, like, who y'all know down here in Atlanta? Or, like, who y'all know in Florida? Who y'all know in Cali? I'm moving to L.A. Moved to L.A., got off the plane, boom, instantly set. Bros, pick me up. <laughs> like, yo, like, I heard so-and-so from in town. Like, I'm so-and-so. I know so-and-so. I know your line, brother. I know this person. All right, bet. Like, you know anybody out here? Nah, cool. I got you. I'm coming to pick you up. Where you stay at? Bet. You know what I mean? Like, it's nice. really that real. Wow. It's really that real. Now, and it's they, genuine. Do they only do that for, um, like, frat brothers? Or, say, you had a brother that needed something, but he wasn't a part of the fraternity. Would they look after him? Yeah, no, nah, we look out for family. Like, we definitely look out for family. Even look, with my sister, like, they treat her like she's their sister. You know what I mean? Okay. And there's a lot of times where, like, if somebody was to hit me and was like, yo, Rock, like, my cousin is coming to L.A., like, can you look out for her? Or him, or whatever. Like, your family is your family. I'm like, yo, bet. Like, they need a place to stay. They good. Like, oh, forget. Up? We coming down there. Hey, we like, yeah. Coming. <laughs> we coming. Don't we coming. Coming. I know. Make sure you tell <laughs> your <laughs> family. We going to get down there in a couple days. Yeah. We on our way. Just uh-huh. let me know. Let right. them know um, we coming. Yeah, uh-huh. just let me know. Yes. But yeah, like, it's, it's nice. It's definitely real, man. It's, it's all love. Like, shout out to the bond, for real. Like, even being back... Um, here, like in DC, I linked up with some of my frat brothers I haven't seen in a long time. Last night in Philly, like we cut a fool in Philly last night for Founders Day, but it's lit. Like I love going to Chicago. I love linking with the bros in Chicago. Like it's, it's love. It's really like a really dope thing. And I think that society right now they they really only think about it in two parts. When you hear fraternity, you either think of like the hazing. Or three parts. You you either think of hazing, you think of stepping and strolling, or you think of, like, the party life. Right. You don't really think about, like, no, this is for the betterment of men. Like, the betterment of young men. Most right. people join a frat when they're, like, 19, 18, or 19, and there's bras on the yard that are, like, 22-year-old seniors who've already kind of been through that party stages and are, like, in those leadership roles. And they're just training and guiding this next generation of young men to reach their level and go beyond it. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like the work part of being in a frat and what that does for young men and for your development uh, is just, that's like the greater, more important thing that people should be thinking about when they think about fraternities and sororities and not just like the party. Because if you just want to party, like you're not going to make it. Like, there ain't no way in the world you're going to withstand the process if all you want to do is join the party. Like, you have to have a deeper pull for it, a deeper meaning for wanting to do it, for sure. Most definitely. Well, we're going to get into one more track from my man, Authentic, and we'll be right back, man. Voice of Reason here for a reason. Provelda MC. Mike J. Cool. Yes. Count, man. Yeah. 
Nah, 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 nah. I said these rappers, they be frontin', bluffin', sayin' nothing. When I get up on the mic and I rhyme and I singin' something worth discussing. It's nothing, believe me, see me, feel it too. I bring it through the speakers, authentic, I feel it's critical. It's fitted, Jew. Knowledge is power, y'all sound so very fragile. Sharpin' in the needle, in these streets, like a piece of gravel. Listen, man, children are dying, my cuts got 25. Living in the city, you gotta be strapped to stay alive. We forgot our God, so entangled in all our bullshit. Guilty in the USA, is my color, look back and prove it. My cool gets all up, send us love. Dying for my family, can't wait to see my ones above. But while I'm here, my people need a movement, so I grab the mic. Speak about the struggle when the hustle and just getting right. Brothers killing brothers, each city got a different story. Catch a body, catch a shot. Many names got faded, glory off of what? Product of my hood, don't give a what. I hear these rappers spit it like they got a body in they trunk. They up front, I expose them with this bill. G, fuck off, cynic, be the realest. And they know it, let it bump, let it bump. See my environment is story full of murder, death and city blocks Coming from a place where on the offer they be killing cops Kids just drop out of school, they can't eat books Trying to feed their family, they get an F on their report yeah. Look at how the music's only money, sex and silly dances Kids growing up off the video, so what's our chances? Hey, they suck the DJs, that only play records on the radio When they fuck ass, be getting paid, I'm brave and I slave in the streets In the hood, on the east, you can catch me in they jeep Feel the beat, now creep with me Why you rolling with your dog? Oh, cynic, be a lyricist, please write it in your blog Look Politicians crooked and the banks ran out of money Heard it's no out of Vegas, ain't a damn thing funny You only get a single chance in life So I'ma roll the dice and recognize I face some persecution like I'm Jesus Christ, I'm nice Pay attention, I'm so open to the things around Cool, but it's hip-hop, I'm liable from the underground Y'all play around, I play it straight Finger on a nickel plate Aiming at these rappers that be on the mic Just play it safe, man It's Jessica Simpson. This is Beyonce. This is Justin Timberlake. Hey, this is Avril Lavigne. This is Gwen from No Doubt. Hi, this is Usher, and you're listening to TSNJ Radio. Yeah, so we tune back in. Voice of Reason, here for a reason. Um, I just want to say to anybody that's looking to get on the show, uh, we still constantly booking people. Um, I think we're going to turn it up. Uh, next week, we're going to start trying to do two interviews. Right. Either two fifteen minutes or two twenty minutes, so you know two people can get on the show at one time. So don't worry about it. Call us up. You can either call us up, you know what I'm saying, or you can um, hit us up at uh, VOR Talk Show at Gmail dot com mm-hmm. and just leave us all your information, and um, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Either me or Mike J. So that's just how it's going down. We got some more questions for Rocky Collins. I'm going to let Mike Corsi handle that, and we'll be out of here in like 15 minutes. All right. What's popping? All right. So, Rock, <laughs> so, so I know you also worked at a, a, a clothing store for a little yeah. bit. How was that experience, and, you know, what did you actually do? Yeah. The so, aspect of it. Yeah, I was a buyer at American Eagle. So what that means essentially is, like, everything that you see in the store, there's a person that chose that particular hoodie to be in that store in that particular color you know what i mean mm-hmm. and those are called like buyers so that's what i was doing at american eagle um pretty much like we put out like nine collections a year um choosing like all the clothes that like went in the stores for people to buy it was cool it was really dope uh their design center in new york is beautiful um working around a whole bunch of young creatives is also really dope like i worked with a whole bunch of designers other buyers but everybody's just, like, creative and forward-thinking, which was really cool. Um, but, again, like, as great as that was, like, it was just a mean – it was, like, funding my acting program. Most you know definitely. what I mean? I was there during the daytime, and then I was in my acting program at night. Nice. Um, and then once I got the opportunity to, like, move to L.A. and get on Revolt, like, that's when I was just like, yo, I'm out. Right. <laughs> I didn't even I, think twice. I know you kept saying your, your acting program. How – you know, what's the name of that again? Uh, I went to the William Esper studio. And and how was that? Like, the acting, what Ooh, did they do up in there? It's, like, yo. As a, I'm, I was curious. <laughs> acting programs are grueling. They're they're definitely grueling. 
Um, if yeah, it was a conservatory program. <laughs> Two year conservatory yeah. program. It's grueling because it's like good acting looks easy and it looks so natural, but it's like it's it's hard. It's really hard to put yourself in a circumstance in a situation that's not yours and to respond truthfully and fully um, with every part of your your body, your voice, your movement, your face, like all of those sorts of things, and to craft characters like the crafting of characters. The crafting of situations have to be so, like, airtight and pinpoint um, mm. to really get you to a place where you see these people have these Denzel Washington performances. It's because right. his, his crafting is so impeccable that right. he can get there, the Merle Streeps, the Viola Davis, the Tarajis. Um, so when you're in a program, like, they're going to put you through the ringer, and they're going to tell you when you're not being real, like, right. no, that's not really how you would respond <laughs> in that situation, or that's not how your character would respond, like, you faking it. Um, <laughs> wow. For real. <laughs> but a lot of it is really, like, kind of digging within yourself to kind of, like, really learn about yourself, and, like, you really had to be so genuinely uh, open about yourself. That's the hard thing, too, like, people, because we're... We in society where like you want people to see what what you want them to see. Right. You know what I mean? Like you put on your clothes to have a certain image or whatever, but to really like tear all those walls down and not be thinking about, oh, oh, how do I look right now? Or like, oh, is this person gonna judge me? But to like fully authentically like be yourself in the moment, like most people don't know how to do that. Wow. Like, even if you're driving in a car and somebody honks at you in a car, like the way you respond with people in the car is probably not the way you would respond without people in the car. And yeah, even sure. further, it's probably not how you truly feel. Mm. Like, I might be like, mm, but I'm cool. I'm going to keep going. They made a right turn. I'm going straight. But deep down, I probably would want to have pulled over and cursed them out. You right. know what I mean? So, like, that's real. People, we don't live in a society where we just literally act off of our impulses in a very authentic and honest way. Like, in nothing, in, in no situation, no we just don't do that with anybody and with acting like you have to like you just have to you have to so a lot of like the acting programs like really digging deep and they put you through different like i guess you call them like exercises and things and different like tasks and challenges and you do different scene works and technique works and things that you learn to kind of really figure out how to act off the of impulse and like from here though not so they like was constantly here, here, pushing you. Here. They was constantly pushing you to the max. Yeah, like, and it's frustrating and it's painful um, because you you do have to kind of like not like relive certain experiences, but you have to acknowledge everything about yourself and all of your experiences, including the painful ones and the things that you've been through and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it can be very painful, and also like living in somebody else. Like if if you got a scene to perform and that person in the scene happened to have gone through something traumatic, you really have to put yourself in that position right. and one thing i learned is like your body can't tell the difference between what's real and what's fake like if wow. your mind tricks your body into thinking like no i'm really in this situation like this really just happened to my little brother right. like <laughs> your body will you, you don't know right. it's fake so it, it can be really painful to go through wow. those experiences and when you're in an acting program you're doing that to your body and your mind all the time you're just doing it all the time and all the time and it's also very frustrating too um, it could be frustrating until you really figure it out. Because like I said, it's not an easy thing to do. So the path to even getting it, I hate to use the word right because there is no right or wrong. There's just different ways of doing it. Right, right, right. But it's like even the path to like finding your footing can be very frustrating. And that can cause like a lot of frustration. So yeah, acting programs could be very, um, good programs could be very grueling. Now with, those, sure. with that program, did you have to get accepted or it's just yeah, you pay your money? No, you do have to get accepted. Um, you do have to kind of, like, apply, like, submit for it. Um, and then there's, like, interview process. Sometimes there's an audition. I can't think of I don't remember if I auditioned for that one. But I know for sure I had, like, interviews and, and all that good stuff. Because especially if you go to, like, a good program, they're going to want to make sure you're legit. Right. Like, oh, do you just want to be an actor because you want, like, to be on TV and to have an Oscar and you want to be on a red carpet or like do you really love the craft of it and you want to learn how to do it mm. so they're really going to vet you before they um, just kind of bring you into that space and as and then I would recommend to anybody out there that's looking for a program like if a program is just willing to just take people's money and throw them in classes randomly to me that would be a red flag because to me that tells me you just care more about like getting the money as opposed to like right. really building up these artists and really teaching people about the craft so. 
So was it that acting school that that you finished and then you went to L.A. like right after that or? Yeah, I actually didn't even finish the full two-year program because the Revolt thing popped up. And I was like, yeah, I'm out. Like, the Revolt popped up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, right, yeah. I mean, like, because people are in school to get opportunities like this. But if the opportunity is here, I'm, I'm take that real quick. Um, but, yeah, that was what I was doing right before I left. So to to LA. Um, did you get your um, agents when you got to L.A. or you already had them before you? Um, I didn't get agents until I was in LA. So when I first got to LA, I did the Revolt thing, and I didn't have no reps. Um, but then I ended up getting a manager through that because like some uh, like singer or something came on a show, and her manager and I started rapping, and he became my manager. Um, and then I kind of just started submitting to agencies to see like who would bite or whatever. And I knew I didn't really have much work at the time. But then some uh, there's a n- few agencies that got back to me. Uh, so yeah, I got my first agency when I was in LA, and then you know I've been through probably probably I've only been through two agencies and one management company. So I like there's some people that bounce around so much and they have so many different agents, um, but I'm loyal. I just want to find somebody that's really going to do right by me that we can right. grind together. They have my work ethic, and we can really build this thing from the ground up. And if I can be with the same team for 45 years and beyond like i would totally totally uh do that i'm curious because you said something about um pilot season mm-hmm. right and you said when you go back it's going to be pilot season i'm yeah. curious I, like you saying it but i still can't visualize what like you go through in in the pilot season yeah like, what what so, is, what is that actually? what is going to be for real for real is going to be me, like, waking up every day to, like, 10 emails or something about, like, auditions or things that's happening. Or what what I hope happens would be me just getting contacted from my agents every day with being like, yo, here's three different scripts. Like, you have these auditions today, and then this is your auditions for tomorrow. Um, but it'll be a whole bunch of, like, me, like, studying these lines, like, rehearsing these lines and driving all over the city, going into... Sitting in waiting rooms wow, with 20 other actors. And you don't know if you're going to get it or not, but you've you got to study those lines and you've got to... you got to prepare. you got to craft, like we talked about. you right. got to craft to the scene. Mm-hmm. Then you like you go, you sit in a waiting room. There's going to be 20 other dudes that look just like me. And you just wait till they call your name. You go in there, you'll knock out your audition, and then you'll leave and it's on to the next. Uh, you'll be driving an hour and a half to one audition and getting your car, driving an hour and 15 minutes to the next audition and get in the car and drive, you know what I mean? Then wow. go home and study a script for tomorrow's auditions. Um, so that's kind of like what pilot season is like. It's just so much, so many auditions, so much studying of lines, so much driving to different casting offices and performing. You, sometimes like... It's not even enough time in a day where you can get into a casting room to do an audition, so you'll just have to shoot it at home and send it to them. Wow. Like I have like a studio set up in my living room with like backdrops, the, the three-point <laughs> lighting system, all of that. We got the little three-point lighting system set up with the tripods and all that good stuff, and we got editing software. So if I need to shoot a tape, or shoot an audition tape at the crib, like we can do that and edit right. it and send it out. So pilot season is a whole bunch of that, and it can it can. It can be a lot for either way it goes. Either you're really, really busy and it can be exhausting and draining, or mm-hmm. you can like not be busy at all and it can be just depressing. Because like, I've been there too. My first pilot season in LA, I'm like, I probably had probably like four auditions, but I know my friends and everybody else was going on four auditions in a week, and mm-hmm. I had like four for the entire season. So like that would, wow. it could be depressing too if you see everybody else busy and you're not busy, or like either you don't have the team to get you opportunities or whatever so it's like that kind of just make you more hungry though in a sense right to try to yeah, get it, you more yeah it like, does but it's just it's also frustrating because you're like dang like i'm on the outside looking in but it's glass so i can see everything that's happening on the inside and i can see all of my friends like walking through this door and doing all these things that i want to do but i'm just like on the glass like i'm at the zoo and i'm just like knocking on the glass like yo bro like yo you know what i mean yeah, wow yeah. so it can be frustrating it can definitely be frustrating for sure. Um, but once you start, like, making your own content, that helps a lot. Because then it's just like, you know what? Like, I, it doesn't matter what happens during pilot season. It doesn't matter if I get opportunities or if I don't get opportunities because I created my own. And that's my creative outlet. So when auditions pop up, cool. I'll go knock them out, 
I can leave the room and like wipe my hands with them. If I get the role, I get the role. If I don't, I don't. But right. it doesn't matter because I got this other thing that I'm passionate about, that I'm working on, that I'm working towards. So that's, at least for me, that's been like my fail-safe like key to uh, keeping my sanity during pilot season. Yes, it's to just like have my own creative thing going on that, um, that I'm super passionate about, that I can focus on. Nice. So let me ask you one last question before we, we wrap it up. Yeah. Have you ever written like your own type of like short film or your own commercial? Or yeah, you know what's crazy? Like... So I have, but for me, again, because I respect the craft of what people do so much, I always was like, you know what, but I'm not a writer. Like, I wrote things and I got ideas, but I'm not a writer. So let me connect with the writer and have them help me build out my ideas. So that's kind of where I've been. But over, like, the past, like, year, I've definitely kind of uh, walked in my own confidence a lot more when it comes to writing. So, yeah, I am writing. Um, I'm writing a lot. (laughs) Um, Different things. And it's funny you mentioned the short because I... I just finished writing a short um, that I'm probably going to try to produce within, like, the first quarter of this year, too. It's a silent film, though. And it's more like just a passion project that has, like, a really dope message around, like, domestic violence and those sorts of things um, with a couple of really cool twists to it. Uh, But I didn't even know it was a short film when I was writing it. I just was, like, writing things that I was like seeing in my head and kind of like pacing them together and then I sent it to my friend and almost like a storyboard it's like yo like would this be cool I have a scene like this then a scene like that then a scene like that and yada 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 like yo how is it he was like yo bro like this you basically wrote the treatment for a short like you might as well shoot it at this point and I was like dang um so yeah that was a long-winded way of saying yes (laughs) so what what do you mean by silent like a silent uh just like a it's without dialogue it's not that it's silent it's not mute but like the character isn't really talking to anybody like you'll see him like throughout his day the things that you're doing you'll be able to understand like what's going on and the things that he's like facing and how things kind of unfold you'll be able to like see it um but there's he's not speaking to anyone i mean there's a part of it where he's like sending a text but so much about communication is nonverbal anyway right you know what i mean and so much about like the human experience and what people go through uh, has nothing to do with communicating with another human being. Right. You know what I mean? I'm sure we've all in this room had those sure. days where like so much could have happened in a day and taken us through so many different moods, but like we might have spent the full day by ourselves in our own crib. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And just different things might have happened. You, you get a, a bad text that pissed you off or you were waiting for something, you're frustrated. About, you know what I mean? Anything. Right. So what's a silent film is just like it just doesn't have any dialogue. But there's okay. still like sound makes sense and in my, my last question I would ask you is well, at least in my silent short I, I'm sure there are some silent projects that like are mute completely but okay yeah I just had one more question because you, you seem like you had a long journey already I'm just looking I'm like, I'll, I'll, I read your bio that you sent and I was just like golly yeah. you know what I mean I looked at everything yeah. that you've been through and everything that you've accomplished and set out to achieve and and in, in that, have you thought about writing a book about some of this stuff towards yeah. the end or the middle? Like, is a book I really ever do want to. Yeah, it has. I really do want to, just because it's like so much of the things that I've experienced and I know now. Like, I wish I knew before. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, why don't I just be that person that I needed five years ago? You know what I mean? To like put me on game and give to, it back to the to the people. Yeah, That's so I really wondering. do want to do that. It's just like because my life has been so vast already, and there's been so many different things. It's like, oh, I, I want to do it, but right now I'm like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> like, right. I don't even know what, like, how to pick a focus on like what part of my life do I want to start at, or like, do I want it just to be about acting, or then also do I want to include fraternity life? You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I just need to figure out like how I want to do that. But I definitely want to write a book. I'm probably going to write several books. Okay, for sure. That's okay. that's, that sounds that sounds like a plan right there. Yeah. And so to help so, people. And then you headed back to LA tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, yeah, in like less than 24 hours. <laughs> so, I'm headed to LA in like 12 hours. And yeah. so, and it's on from there. It's when's oh, pilot it's like, season start? It's on and popping. It's basically now, like this week, essentially. It's basically started last week essentially like with the auditions that i had to knock out um on tape but yeah when i get to la tomorrow is yeah it's lit it's lit lit. (laughs) lit. and i'm coming after 
everything. Like, this is going to be my season because I'm yeah, saying it's going to be my yeah, season. Let's go. And I'm claiming it to be my season, and Not I'm going to mind. make it my season. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. yes, that's sir. my mentality. Hey, yo, uh-huh. so y'all, like, man, it's the voice of reason, man. Rocky Collins was yes, here. Yes, sir. Um, shout out to everybody that's been listening. We got Mike J. Corsi over here. But, yo, uh, Rocky, man, drop your... Um, Instagram, Instagram or yeah yeah well, y'all can follow me on Instagram at it's at the Rocky Collins T-H-E-R-O-C-K-Y-C-O-L-L-I-N-S um that's my same Instagram and Twitter I don't use Twitter as much but I'm getting back onto it because uh, it's a good platform to interact with people and like people who see your projects and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but yeah Instagram Twitter I'm on there. Um, if there's any young writers or producers or anybody that wants to get in contact with me about any of the things I'm doing, you can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at rockycollins.com. That's just R-O-C-K-Y-C-O-L-L-I-N-S.com. Um, yeah, hit me up. I'm a sociable person. So. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> yeah, we know that. We definitely know that. Hey, man, and I just want to say, just looking at your page, man, I'm proud of your success, man. Just seeing I appreciate that, commercials, man. Seeing you, what you've been doing, seeing your grind from the bottom. You hungry, and I yeah, see yeah. it. You know, I'm going to be praying for you, man, that you get where you need to be at, man. And we appreciate, I appreciate you for that, coming man. into this station tonight. We know you could have been somewhere else, but, you know, you blessed us with Listen, your presence. Man, so I, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I respect what y'all are doing. I really believe in it, so I'm here for it, man. Appreciate it. Voice of reason, man. Mike J. Prevelli MC, man. We out of here. GSNJ Radio, man. We get with y'all later. They say when one soldier leaves, 